Thanks for listening to the Redemption Hill podcast. As a community, we are learning the way of Jesus and serving our city. Redemption Hill is kind of different. We are a collective of micro churches that gather together on Sundays to grow and connect and worship. So don't wait anymore. Join us Sundays at Boise Friends Church in the gym at 10.30 a.m. and get connected to the community you need in this season of your life. All the details you need are at redemptionboise.org. Up next is the training and teaching time from this week's gathering. Stay tuned after the sermon for more info on how to get connected. Our Robes, Candles, Smells, and Bells uh, sermon series. And it's been a really rich time because I think it's reshaped how we're thinking about who we are as a people. Um, Primarily around the question of what's our identity as followers of Jesus but to primarily be a kingdom of priests, a set-apart nation of people that God has built for himself to be his presence in the world, literally. So we as priests not only do the mediation, so we are helping the world see and hear God, and we're helping God see and hear the needs of the world. We, we go both directions as priests. We, when someone is in need and when there's... Like this week, our role should be a cry for justice. We should be mediating to God saying, there is is injustice in our world. Our kids are dying, and they don't need to be, and we need you to enter in. And so, no, no, see, my dad's still talking over there. He wasn't sitting. I was, I, he still, he can't even hear me talking. He can't even hear me talking right now. The old guys are getting shushed. We need to get hearing aids for the older guys. Uh, Andy's, Andy's over here right now. He's, he's behaving. It, Andy didn't get shushed today. Everybody take note. Andy did not get shushed. <laughs> um, but so one of our roles is to be the people who go before God and say, this is what's happening. And we need you to enter in. And you know what he says is he is a lot like a judge. And I don't know if you've been in our court system, but... Our court system is full of judges who will do something if you force them to. That's how you get justice. That's how you get things set right, is you plead your case, and you send them briefs, and you show up, and you, and you ask again and again. Jesus says that his kingdom is a lot like a widow who goes to the court day after day after day pleading for justice. And the judge relents. That's what it's like with our father. And i got to tell you, with me as a father... Uh, I get in arguments with my wife all the time about how slow I am to respond to my kids because I'm distracted by other things. This world is full of injustice, and so we need to mediate the justice of this world by bringing it to the attention of our Father, by reminding Him of what we need. And last week we talked about the other piece, not just us talking to God for people, but us hearing from God for the world us being the earpiece who's attuned as priests who also hold the role of prophet. Now that was a role that God gave to specific prophets, specific priests who became prophets in the Old Testament. But what we read last week is this prophecy from Joel that says, in the days of the kingdom, what's going to happen is his Holy Spirit's going to flow like a river. And young men and old men and young women and old women, they're all going to have dreams and they're going to see visions and they're going to hear from God. And so we live in this 
new kind of reality. And my bet is um, a lot of us are probably not experiencing a flood of God's voice in our life. We're probably struggling to hear what he has for us to take to the world. And that's what we talked about last week was this role. And I got about half the way through, and I realized oh, I got to quit. And we got done pretty close on time, but we got to jump back in, I think, this week because it's such an important thing. So the things that God wants to tell us, the things that he's speaking, most of the time are just specific ways that he's doing what he's always said. Okay? So when God speaks, it's a lot like um, you as a parent, you probably have a set of rules that you expect your kids to live by. You rehearse the rules with them over and over and over again. And then when something comes up that they haven't applied that rule to, you make it specific for that situation. That's what it's like with God the Father, where he has given us his word. He's given us the story of his breaking into our world through Jesus' presence, through the salvation that happens from his work on the cross, and then his Holy Spirit entering into the world. And so what we're going to do is we're going to take that story, which is primarily a single story, and that's this. God's kingdom is here. When Jesus starts out his ministry in Mark chapter 1, he just says, hey, the kingdom of heaven is breaking in. Repent and believe. And this is the same message that God the Father is going to preach to our lives over and over and over again. The story is there's good news. This world is going away and God's kingdom is coming. So repent, turn away from the things of this world, and believe the good news that the kingdom has arrived. That's what the good news is that we're preaching over and over again. And prophets, they take, last week we talked about how they, they hear God's voice and they do this work of, they speak what they hear. So when we hear from God, primarily around the good news of the gospel, we preach to the world, the kingdom is breaking in. Repent and believe. And then prophets have a, have a, have a role of interpreting the text. So when we hear from God, our role together is to say, this is what it means to be kingdom people. This is what it means to be a kingdom family. This is what it means to follow in the way of Jesus. That's, what, that's why Redemption Hill exists, is to be a prophetic voice in the world, to say, you want to know what it's like to experience a taste of God's kingdom? We're trying to build it every Sunday when we gather. We're trying to build it in our lives and in our families. And so, like, this is a little taste of the kingdom. We're prophetically living out and interpreting what it means to learn the way of Jesus. We also live it out as a prophetic example. And so we become suffering servants like Jesus so that the world can see that God is for them. We become people who are committed to justice so that the world can see that justice flows from God and from his people. We become people who are committed to looking different than this world by doing what is righteous and brings life and joy rather than what is, brings destruction in our lives and in our families. So we interpret it, we live it out as a prophetic example. We talked a little bit about Hosea, how he, he was called as a prophet to marry a prostitute to make the point that God's people are a lot like prostitutes. God's probably not calling you to do that, but he might. Who knows? John the Baptist was like that. He, he wore his sackcloth and ashes. He ate, he ate locusts and wild honey. He lived out in the desert as a prophetic way of saying God's kingdom is going to be outside of the power structures of Jerusalem. It's going to be outside of 
what people expect is going to look different like John the Baptist looks. So we have interpret, live it out prophetically, and then lastly, we proclaim what God said. Just like Jonah when he went to Nineveh, we preach a warning to the world around us. The way of the world leads to destruction, but the way of God leads to life. And so that's our message to the world, is you're on a path that's leading towards brokenness and destruction, but there's hope for something different. You could find life, the sort of abundant, overflowing life that God promises, and it comes through the person of Jesus and the way of Jesus. The person of Jesus creates a pathway for us to walk with God by cleansing us of our sin and inviting us to be a part of his family. And then the way of Jesus transforms us through the Spirit's power into being people who look more and more like Jesus every single day. So we are people who interpret the Word of God, people who live out the Word of God, and people who proclaim the Word of God. Now God, He is... He's not a capricious father who uh, doesn't... The difference between a good father and a bad father is a bad father just gets angry when he sees something wrong. When I'm in my worst place, I don't give my kids any warning, right? They do something wrong, and I snap at them, and I tell them what to do, and I punish them for doing wrong. But when I'm being a good father, you know what I do? I warn them. I'm patient with them. I speak to them kindly and gently. I remind them again and again because I don't want them to experience the pain and suffering that comes from the destructive path that my children choose. And that's God. He, he wants to give his warning to the world. That's why he tarries and waits to bring the kingdom because the kingdom comes with a, an end to all of this to everything that's committed to this destructive path of this world, that's what the day of the Lord will bring. And so he waits and waits and waits graciously because we as a people are pursuing destruction. And so he gives people like us, these priests who have the role of prophet, to be the ones calling out in the wilderness, make straight your paths. Get ready for the day of the Lord is coming. And we won't know when it happens, but God has been gracious. Can I get an amen? God has graciously waited for you and for me to repent. He is graciously waiting for our family and our friends to repent. He's graciously waiting for our enemies and our rivals to fall on their face and say, I've been pursuing death and I want life. And that's why we act as prophets, as priests in this world, to be a mediator for God's voice. And we read that passage from Joel, and it came to life in Acts chapter 2. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 2, verse 14. And this is, this is the fulfillment of that Joel passage that we kind of touched on just at the end last week. It says, then Peter stepped forward with the 11 other apostles. This is right after the Holy Spirit has come down on the disciples like tongues of fire. And they just start proclaiming the kingdom in languages they don't know, in ways that are heard by people from every nation. Peter says, listen carefully, all of you fellow Jews and residents of Jerusalem. Make no mistake about this. These people are not drunk, as some of you are assuming. Nine o'clock in the morning is much too early for that. Know what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. 
Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. And in those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red. That's weird. That's like an old Joel reference that is, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that some other day. Where That's not the focus today. Before the great and glorious day of the Lord arrives, but everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be, will be saved. Peter is seeing this Joel prophecy fulfilled in Pentecost. Good news is proclaimed out loud in the language of the people. Do you see the genius of God giving himself a people who are priests who play this prophetic role? All of a sudden, everyone can hear the good news embodied in a person in the language they need to hear it in. This is what it means to be priests who have this prophetic role in the world, is that we go out and we speak in the language of our families and in the language of our neighbors and in the language of people far away and in the language of people near. We are the good news proclaimed out loud in a way that makes sense to people. And this is the new reality of the age of God's kingdom. The primary method, message is G the kingdom has come and Jesus is reign over death. The supernatural, the inbreaking of his kingdom through signs and wonders like healing, repentance, justice, those sorts of things breaking into this world become what we call supernaturally normal. Okay? We believe that God heals people, and we regularly pray over people and see transformation in their bodies. There's some of you in this room that we have gone to, ho we've gone to hospitals, we've laid hands on you, and you're here today because God intervened in your life. Not because we prayed for you, but because God himself broke in and brought a little taste of his kingdom through the healing power of his touch. That is supernaturally normal for today. Now, I don't have any ability to make that happen on my own. I don't have some special healing ability. But all I do, all we do, is we pray for God to bring his kingdom now. And the supernatural starts to become normal. Many of you have testimonies of the supernatural coming to life where you were dead in your trespasses and then God met you where you were and shook you up and said you can't stay where you're at and he gave you the faith to believe in him. That's not a natural thing. That's a supernatural thing. And so we believe that just like at Pentecost, the supernatural becomes normal and it's available not to some special class of prophets now, we believe, we've, we've talked a lot about Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4 talks about how God gives some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers for the building up of the church. We think that there's people, people who have a, a, a leadership role to be deeply attuned to hear God for us together. There's some of you in this room who regularly hear from God and share that with me and Bob and Cindy, and we need that particular gift. But what we're talking about here is that this is available to all sons and daughters of the king. All those who are a part of this holy set-apart nation, this royal priesthood, you are endowed with the ability to hear God's voice. We are the priestly prophets. And we see in the New Testament epistles lots and lots of God revealing himself more completely 
as the Spirit brings revelation. We talked about how Paul in Ephesians, he's the very first person to see that God was setting aside for himself one people out of Jews and Gentiles into this new thing, God's kingdom. God revealed that to Paul after Pentecost, probably some 15 or 20 years later, and it was the first time that anybody had ever conceived of Gentiles being God's people. It's this beautiful thing that God was doing. We see words of knowledge like Paul has this vision where, where he sees this man from Macedonia, and Paul knows that he's supposed to then go take this second trip to Asia so that he can preach the Word of God in Macedonia. That sort of thing is regular. It's normal in God's kingdom. It continues on where you have visions and prophecy and words of knowledge and the apostles who, who have this particular role of going out. They need, supernatural, um, they need supernatural intervention for the kingdom of God to break into new places. The Holy Spirit is drawing people to himself, and then when people show up and live prophetically as kingdom people, what happens is God supernaturally brings life to them. And so when the apostles go out, they need that to happen. And this is what it should look like that as we live as priests in this kingdom age. We hear from God. We see visions from God. We hear his voice. And then we do what he says. John chapter 12 gives us a little glimpse. Now we're trying to learn the way of Jesus. So we want to look at how Jesus himself heard the voice of God. John chapter 12, verse 45. This is what it says. For when you see me, you are seeing the one who sent me. He's saying, I am like literally an ambassador, one who has been given power by the one who sent me. I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. I will not judge those who hear me, but don't obey me. For I've come to save the world and not to judge it. But all who reject me and my message, they will be judged on the day of judgment by the truth that I've spoken. Jesus is just getting real, saying, if you don't want to be a part of this kingdom, you don't have to be. And in the last day, if you're going to reject it, you don't get to participate. That's all judgment is, is Jesus saying, here's the people who say they want me. Here's the people who say they don't want what I'm bringing. And he's not going to force those people to enjoy his presence and his kingdom. And then he says this. And this is the God of all creation, Jesus, who was there at the very beginning. This is what he says. I don't speak on my own authority. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life. So I say whatever the Father tells me to say. Do you see Jesus was just acting out this? He, he, was, he was this priest king prophet all in one he's come as this melchizedek priest forever who's going to mediate between god and man by listening to the father and only saying and only doing what the father says and this i, I think that yes jesus was obviously completely filled with the spirit's presence the voice of the father was present to him all the time I think that Jesus clearly was always had an ear open to the Father, but we also see some particular things about Jesus' life that we need to emulate if we want to hear God's voice. First is this. Jesus had to get away from everyday work and the hustle and bustle 
of first century Judea and Samaria and, um, and Galilee. He had to get away from his people to hear the voice of the Father. Now, that, that, some, that, that should feel crazy to you, but that's what Jesus had to do. He couldn't hear the voice of the Father among the noise in his life. And so what he did was he regularly left his disciples and walked up into the hills and spent nights by himself. He would give up sleep so that he could hear the Father's voice. And when people would ask him, Jesus, where are you getting this? And he says, well... I have food you have, you, have, you have no way of knowing about. The thing that sustains me is the very words of the Father. This is the invitation of the prophetic voice and the prophetic job that we have as prophets, as priests, is that we get to be sustained by the words of God. We get to hear His voice and live it, but it requires us to create space for God to speak into our lives on a daily basis, on a weekly basis. What are, the, what are the rhythms that Jesus had? It was whenever he was hungry, he went out and heard from the Father. Whenever he was weary, he went out and was sustained by the Father. When he needed to, he went and he heard the Father's voice so that he had his marching orders. He knew what his job was. His job was to teach the way of the kingdom, and his job was to do what the Father told him to do. And so anytime he just ran out of things the Father had told him to do, you know what he did? He went back to the Father to get, to get more, to hear more, to know what to do. Unfortunately, all of us think that, uh, like, God gave us these Ten Commandments and the fruit of the Spirit, and he's like, well, good luck. You know, just try to figure out how to interpret it. But that's, that wasn't the plan. The plan all along was that God would continue to speak day in, day out. We have to learn how to listen to God's voice something that's been lost to us as God's people. And we've outsourced it a lot of times. Where we've said, well, there's those, there's those people who seem really sensitive to God's voice, and I'm just going to wait for them to hear from God, and then hopefully they tell me what they hear. I mean, that's, that's normal. That's, most people go to church because they think that this guy who's standing up here has a word for you from God. That's true. I, I'm preaching you what God tells me. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. But we've lost the ability to hear from the Father. Regularly letting it feed our souls. And so we have to learn something new. We can't, we can't learn the way of Jesus without learning how to listen to the Father. Let me ask you this. I want you to think about some of your blind spots. Okay? Just think about some of your blind spots in your life. Oh, wait. You don't know what they are. <laughs> That's the problem. You, there's a lot of stuff you don't know about how you're living life that's wrong. There's a lot of stuff you don't know about God until God reveals it through his word, through his people, or through his voice. So the question is, are we hungry to be transformed by hearing what God wants from us. We can't grow without new perspectives. We can't grow without new content. We can't grow without help on how to apply what we have learned. Jesus heard the Father, and he did what the Father said. 
So, how do we do it? How do we hear the Father's voice? Well, let me start by saying, it's easier than you think. It really is. It's not something, this is not rocket science. Um, I know that there's some churches who have like schools of like magical mysteries of the kingdom or something like that. Like It's like a Hogwarts for spirituality, I think. And they teach people, here's how you, here's how you get into just the right spot so you can hear a special word from God. I don't want you to have special words from God. I want you to just have everyday words from God. I want, I want you to just like hear God say, hey, you, remember what I told you? Yeah. Okay, go do it. Like that's, that's like most of God's voice is just him wanting to speak and invite you to obedience, invite you to do the things he's reminded you of. Because hearing God's voice is not about special words. Hearing God's voice is about obedience to the Father. And if it's about obedience, rather than getting some special magical word that's going to change the trajectory of your life and giving you a special calling, those things happen. I've had those moments. I've had those epiphanic God breaking into my life, telling me something I needed to know right then. I've had those moments. But what the Father really wants is he wants you to just listen to him and do what he says. That's all I want as a father. If my kids just listened to me and did what I said, my life would be so much better. <laughs> I'm just dreaming about it as I talk about it. And all of a sudden, think about how good my life would be if my kids did what I asked them to. This is what God wants. God's voice, God's voice sounds different than what we think it's going to be. It requires quiet, requires space. And I don't know if you've noticed, but we live in a noisy world, we live in a busy world. And just like I can't hear the words of my kids because I'm distracted by the podcast I'm trying to listen to and the dishes I'm trying to do, I can't hear the words of my father because I'm distracted by everything that happens around me. So quiet is a necessary part of connection with the Father. So we need to find space. And it's, you know, it's probably either you do it in the evening when things are slow and you give up um, some creature comfort time. <laughs> whatever, whatever your creature comfort time is at night, whether that's consuming content or resting or drinking or eating something, whatever that creature comfort is, you have to set that aside and take that quiet space that you have and use it to listen to the Father. Or you have to give up that creature comfort time at night, go to bed, and find that silence in the morning before your day starts. You're not going to find it between 9 a.m. and 8 p.m. It's really unlikely. Maybe you go for the walk in the middle of the day, but the likelihood is you're going to be thinking about the things that you're engaged with and working with your family through the whole walk. You need to create space to listen to God's voice. And I've got to be honest, I've been in a season with lots of little voices in my life, and it has been bereft of silence. And so there's special moments that I steal away throughout the week. Sunday mornings is one of those times where the Lord and I have a couple of hours from 5.45 to 7.45, and that's space for God to speak. Sometimes it's, you know, on a Thursday night when Malia is doing worship practice or there's something going on. I have time by myself at night. That's the special time that God has set aside. So we have to be quiet to hear it. Second, 
We have to expect it to hear it. Most of the time, we're thinking about something else, and we've got to quiet our minds and listen to the Father and be focused. And a lot of times that takes us slowing down and maybe like having a pencil. Did you, did you ever think that like having a pencil requires you to focus? A pen requires you to focus and listen and be attentive. So have a blank piece of paper and a pencil and just give God a second to speak to you. This is going to be a hard one, but here it is. Uh, God's not going to give you something new. God's not going to speak to you if you didn't do the last thing he said. If you're not doing what he said, why is he going to give you new stuff? If you're not obeying and you're not really listening, why is he going to give you new stuff to do, new stuff to behave in, new, new ways to enter into this kingdom? And so for some of you, God has spoken to you. There's something in the back of your head that he told you to do, something he told you to stop, something he told you to start, something he told you to give over to him, something he's told you to do, and that's a blockage in your relationship with the Father. And so, if you want to hear from God's voice, it starts with repenting of going your own way and saying yes to obeying what the Father has called you to. And apart from a specific disobedience, there's also just sin that so easily entangles us and we're we're stuck in the ways of this world and greed is sucking our souls dry selfishness is keeping us from service for many of us addictions to pleasure are keeping us from being able to do anything but to focus on the thing that we're driven to grab hold of and so sin will keep you from hearing from God because he you know that's the thing he wants from you, is to give up the things that you're holding on to. But that's the way to death, and the way to life is through repentance, giving up the things that we hold on to. These are the things that are keeping us from moving towards God. But we also need to be trained to hear God's voice, to know what it sounds like. We need to be trained to just to, dis to discern what's God's voice, what's the voices in my head, what's the voice of the world, and what's the voice of the enemy. There's lots of voices that are competing for space. Um, I, know, I know my kids' voices. I can pick it out of a room of 60 kids when I'm paying attention. <laughs> if I'm not in a conversation, I can hear my kids' voices. Um, and my kids know my voice. But many of us have not attuned our ears to the voice of our Father, so we don't know what it sounds like yet. And so, here's, here's some ways to discern, okay? First, like Scripture is the starting point. And so anything that you hear that's contrary to the way God has revealed himself through history in the story of Jesus' coming. If there's anything against that, that's probably not the voice of God. That's the voice of either the world or of the enemy. They're trying to bring in something that's broken, okay? Um, Jesus is going to be our true north, so we're going to take anything that we hear and we're going to ask, is this something that would be true of Jesus? Anything you do in your life, you should be asking, is this something that Jesus would probably do? And if not, don't do it. That's it, okay? Or as Dwight says, is this, is this something an idiot would do? And if they would do that, you don't do it. It's, it's real simple what God wants from us. <laughs> but a good father, our father, 
His voice sounds encouraging. Does that surprise you? The voice of God sounds like encouragement, filling us up with what we need. It's loving, and it will come with conviction, but not shame. Shame is something that happens inside of us. But what God brings is a healthy conviction. When we see a disordered world where we live this way and God wants us to live this way and we feel the distance between those two things, that's conviction. Shame is when I say, I'm horrible, I'm evil, I'm lost, and there's nothing that can save me. That's the sort of condemnation that comes from the enemy. It comes from the systems of this world that are just heaping shame on people. But God's voice sounds like Jesus' voice. It sounds like questions. 90% of the things that we see from Jesus in the New Testament are questions. And so when we're listening to the Father, when you hear questions, that's probably a direction God wants you to go. Jesus' voice sounds like questions. Everything that's true of Jesus is true of the Father, and so when you're trying to discern if it sounds like something that Jesus would say or do, that's probably what it is. We know that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, so if the voice sounds like condemnation, if it sounds like somebody pointing a finger and calling you sinner or a liar or like in any name you hear, okay, any negative name, that's not from the Father. We do, not, we do not see that in God's character at all. We don't see accusation. We don't see somebody just telling you, look at what you've done, you evil sinner. Some of you have that voice in the back of your head from your family. Some of you have it from the world around you because our, our world is just full of judgmental people calling us sinners in different ways. Some of you have it from the enemy who's just constantly bringing accusation. That's not the voice of the Father. If the voice sounds like a call to give up something that you want to serve somebody who needs something, I'm going to tell you, just do it. Whether it's God's voice or not, that is the way of the kingdom. Anything that's in alignment with God's way, just do it. Don't wait for, to get confirmation. If God has told you something already in Scripture, and then you sense that you ought to step out in service and in sacrifice for others, that's the way of the kingdom. Just do it. Don't, don't wait. That's, that's the way that you start to discern God's voices. You obey the things you already know to do, and you start to see God give you clarity on how to do it. That's the sort of voice that we're listening for. It's for the Father to give us clarity on what it looks like. Um, it's never abusive. Um, a lot of times it's particular. Like, God's voice needs to give us something particular. And so when we're listening for the Father, He wants the situation that is at hand for us, He wants to speak to that. He doesn't want to speak to some theoretical experience out there. That's what the Bible does. That's what I do on Sundays. But when He's speaking to you, He's giving you something particular for you in that moment. Um, a lot of people hear God's voice, or they think they hear God's voice, and it sounds like um, delusions of grandeur. Have you heard these people? Like, they, they'll tell you, God told me that I'm going to change the world one day. And you're like, oh, really? He did, huh? That's cool, I guess. Like, anything that's flattering, like, that, that plays to your ego, that's probably, that's probably our 
are opposition, okay? That's what opposition does. It plays on your ego to get you to do what they want you to do. And so anytime you hear something that's all about you and becoming great in this world, like even when God said, I'm going to make you, Abraham, into a great nation, and you'll be a blessing to all peoples, it was about God making him a great nation for his purpose. It's never about you. And so anytime you think that you have this incredible role to play and it's, it's going to help you do what God wants you to do, like take a beat on those. Ask the people around you, are they hearing the same thing from God? Um, because a lot of times it's, that's the enemy trying to puff you up to take you out of God's calling in your life. God's voice is timely. God's voice is for the world, and so it should sound like good news to the people around us. So when we're, when we're speaking the word that God has given to us, it should sound like blessing. Um, one of the ways that this happens regularly for me is that I'll be praying, God will put something uh, today on a Facebook post. There's this young woman that I coached in soccer 20 years ago when she was like 14 years old. And I don't think she's ever been like a spiritual person, but she's one of the people that I know who looks much more like Jesus than most people that I know. And she was gravitating towards this vision of the way of Jesus. And I, I just felt God saying, tell her that this is who she is. She looks like the way of Jesus, like Matthew 25 people. Like people that don't even know they're following the way of Jesus, but they're drawn towards the way of Jesus. That's this girl, Katie. And I think that for a lot of us, God gives us these words of encouragement to give away to people, to build the world up around us, to connect us with others. And so we should be giving away those words of encouragement. Um, we should be giving away words of warning to the world around us. Hey, the path that you're on, I've seen the end of that path and it leads to destruction. But there's hope. Hey, I, I mean, I've, I've had a few hard conversations the last few years with people who are in the throes of alcoholism. And they think that people around them don't know. And they don't need me to condemn them, but they need me to tell them that the way they're going is to destruction, but there is a way to life. They need to hear the words of warning from God, not, not angry words, but hopeful words. And lastly, this. Anything that you... Two, two more things. Okay, okay, no, okay. Two, two. Um, it's only 11.42, we're fine. All right. Uh, if it sounds like... If it sounds like judgment for your enemies or for your rivals, take a beat, okay? If it sounds like God hates the people that you hate and God wants to bring judgment on the people that you want to bring judgment on, take a beat because it's probably not from God. It's probably you anointing your flesh as judge over the world around us. God probably has some judgment for them. God probably has some things that he's going to do in them but you're probably not the person to bring it because you hate them. You don't get to be a part of the miracle of God transforming their lives because you don't love them yet. And so anytime you start to feel self-righteous about a word God gives you for somebody else, keep that to yourself. Discern that in community. That's the last thing I want to talk about, is that God's voice, God's voice is real, it's active, it's speaking to us, and it's not something we have to hide from the people around us. 
And what we do in our huddles is we listen to the Father together, and we share what we think God is saying, and then we ask each other, are you doing it? <laughs> like, it's, it's a real easy question. Did you do what the Father told you to do? We write it down on our journals, and then the next week when we meet up, we go, hey, you said God told you, Ernie, whatever that thing was last week. <laughs> and Ernie goes, you know what? I did this part, but I didn't do this part. And then we go, okay, well, let's talk about it next week, right? That's, that's exactly what our discipleship looks like, is we listen to the Father and we do what he says. And it happens in community because we're all just, you know, broken. We're fleshy. We're, we're human. And all of us are flawed, and all of us are trying to swim through, like, what it means to hear God's voice. And we need other people to say, hey, um, when you said that, that sounded like condemnation and shame. What do, you th what do you think Jesus would say about that? And they help us to see that the enemy is trying to sow weeds in our hearts. And Jesus wants to sow fruit, sow seeds that will bring fruit. So we need others in the spiritual journey. Nobody can do it alone. We need to be with other people who are also learning to hear the voice of the God. Because God's voice sounds like good news in a language that we can understand. And in the days of his kingdom, God's spirit is poured out generously on all those who desire God. That's the good news for today. So, I'm going to invite the band up. I know those are your favorite words in here. I'm going to invite the band up. Um, and we're just going to take a, a minute right now to continue to get used to listening to God. Okay? So let's close our eyes. And let's start by clearing the deck. Where is there sin that you need to turn away from? Where is there... God's call and God's invitation to obedience that you have set aside. And I want, I, want, I want you to take those things, I want you to hand them to the Father right now. And say, God, here is my sin. Here is my addictions. Here is my love of money and comfort. Here is my unwillingness to change and to listen to you. God, give me a soft heart. Help me to turn away from these things and help me to experience you. God, I'm, I'm hearing you Remind me that ambition is, is always at the front of my heart. And that I have to give up my ambition to experience you and to walk in your way. God, I want what you want. Father, I want to be like your son, Jesus. So give me ambition for your things and not for my things. Father, give us soft hearts right now who are attentive to you. And God, give us even a vision right now of how to create solitude and silence in our lives so that we can get better at hearing your voice. 
bring to our minds right now a time this week that we should set aside to listen to your voice, to let you shape us. God, may we become people who, like Jesus, only do what we hear the Father saying and only say what the Father tells us to say. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, during this last song, I invite you to come forward and receive communion because you have, you have been people who have committed to obey the Father. And when we join at the table, we're saying that it's only by his blood, it's only by his body that we can participate in his way and his kingdom. Thanks for listening to our weekly podcast. Make sure to subscribe to get them in your podcast feed. You can find ways to connect with Redemption Hill at redemptionboise.org connection. Fill out the form for a free gift from us. We care about you and want to help you find your way back to God. Follow at Redemption Boise on Instagram for regular encouragement.